Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hi, and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I'm so excited to have my friend Stephanie on here. Stephanie, I realize I don't actually know how to pronounce your last name. Can you share your last name with me? (laughs) I always joke and I say neither do I. Um, it's French Canadian, so yeah. the proper pronunciation is Beaulieu, but uh, it doesn't exist in English, so I just say like bowl and then you drives my father-in-law crazy, but it rolls off the English tongue a little bit better. Beaulieu. Okay, well, I'm glad I didn't just just <laughs> yeah. right up. Beaulieu. I like the I like the Beaulieu. Yeah. Well, Stephanie, tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh, I'm, um, I'm a wife. I'm a mom of almost four. Uh, my kids are almost eight, six and a half, almost four and coming in April. So life is uh, full. I, I've been married to Mike for, we always joke, uh, 10 wonderful years and two other ones, uh, 12 years. Um, he's an awesome godly man. Uh, we attend Pathway Church in Calgary where I do women's ministry and outreach. And then in all my spare time, I, uh, I write bite-sized Bible studies to help people get into the word and uh, be transformed. So that's a little bit about me. Wow. Okay. So first off, you shared, I like that you shared, do you say almost four? Um, that's, a, that's exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. So in addition to all of the stuff that you're currently doing, you're also growing a human, um, which is a lot of work. So um, let's just talk about that for a second. What is your, how do you thrive as a um, as a very busy mom who is doing quite a few different things. So how do you thrive practically, spiritually? Yeah, uh, not without lots of other people uh, helping. Um, three years ago, my mother-in-law retired and she um, comes one day a week and spends at the So she does all the school pickups. She does all that kind of stuff. So that gives me a big chunk of time weekly that I can count on. So when she started doing that was when um, kind of the door started opening for more speaking. So it was neat. God kind of opened up that space in my calendar um, and then started opening up more doors. So it was a bit more possible. Um, my husband this past year uh, had sh- shifted to four tens with work. So that gave him one day a week. And anyway, so with speaking and being gone on weekends, it's just, it's, it's just worked out. So I always say that God's kind of been the manager of my schedule. Like he's always given me pockets of time to do what he's called me to do, which works out pretty nicely. Um, my personality is I'm a seven on the Enneagram. So I'm a bit more spontaneous. So, you know, when I read things about like, you should like block all your time and like schedule, like that's something I always like try to do, but that's just not the way that I'm wired. So lots of times me getting things done is, is kind of down to the wire. And and for me, like pressure is really good (laughs) to get things done. So lots of times, like I tidy my house right before people are coming over or I submit things right before they're due because that bit of pressure really gets me uh, kind of moving. 
And then just finding little uh, pockets here and there. I, I really wrestled this year with putting my youngest in preschool because he was old enough. Hadn't done it with the other two because uh, we'd been at home and we'd, you know, done lots of puzzles and <laughs> coloring and stuff at home. And with the other two gone um, and with the load that I had this fall, I just knew that I needed that time. So uh, that was the decision that was right for us uh, for this season of life. So that gave me another kind of three hour block of time on Tuesday mornings to get to get work done. So that's kind of how some of the blocks of time in the schedule where, um, that God's kind of given us to be able to work with what he's called us to do. So, yeah. And so even as, um, again, juggling all these different roles, um, how do you find time to connect with God in that? Oh, that's such a great one. Um, definitely having kids broke my box of like, if you're with spending time with God, like it has to be early, it has to be dark, has to be quiet, it has to be uninterrupted. Um, and it kind of pushed me more towards like, how can I connect with God like throughout the day? I still love, I mean, when it does happen, I love those quiet early mornings of, of kind of lingering and being still. But um, these days, those have been a bit few and far between. Um, so really, the you know, the scripture in First Thessalonians that says to pray continually. So instead of thinking like, okay, if I'm going to pray, it has to look like this and it has to be at this time of day. Um, as God brings things to mind throughout the day, like praying, like as we're driving by the school, like praying, as we're going through our day, just kind of conversing and communing with God. So that's one way is to, I guess, kind of rip open the box and let the box kind of like, flood the day a little bit more um different things in different seasons when my all my kids were at home before we had any in school I would look like breakfast it would look like them getting to watch I, I was a big fan of rock kids tv I would put that on for them it's like a little Christian kids sitcom or variety show or something and um so that was like the 30 minutes I'd often let them watch one or two and that was like my time and I knew once that tv was on I was in my chair and I was sitting down so um, that was another way. Um, another one too, when, when they're really little, cause you know how wake up times in the morning are just like, you don't know, <laughs> you don't know what right. time your, your day is going to start. Cause they're just not always like little clocks. And, um, so I remember a few times just kind of going to bed the night before and being like, oh, okay, God, I, I want to spend this time with you. Like I'm going to, I'm going to need the kids to like sleep in an extra 20 minutes. I'm going to need you to wake me up. And he was always so faithful to do that. And whenever I even just had a little bit of that desire, that longing I found, I could, I could just kind of say that to him and say like, could, could you find me a pocket of time tomorrow where we can be together? And he was always really faithful uh, to do that. So. I love that. I love that um, you really addressed what is a challenge, I think, for a lot of um, women when they become mothers, one of the things to go is any sense of alone time, uh, but any sense of alone time where you're like, I have some sort of energy or some sort of, um, you know, desire to connect with God or whatever it might be. And so I love that you just said, because I've had those seasons as well, where it's like, you guys get to watch a show. This is great for you. I get to go have this um, time and picking a window where... I was alert enough where I wasn't like, it wasn't like the afternoon where I'm kind of in that slump. Um, but sometime in the morning, I'm going to connect with God here. And then I love what you shared um, in that last point as well. And I've had that as well, where you're like, God, I, I am desiring to connect with you. Can you help me? And I've had that same thing too, where it's like, God can make the stars align literally in helping wake you up. And, um, and sometimes I would do that where I'd be like, I'd wake up and I'd go, oh, yeah, I, like I asked for this. Um, 
you know, trust, trusting that, that the kids will stay. But even if they come down, being able to say, like, this is mom's time and how do we, you know, either include them in that or give them an activity or something to be creative in that. So, yeah. So. And another thing I would do, um, like, my kids um, sometimes would come downstairs and I would say, and this is like, this is in the school season, like, this would be like this past fall. And I would say like, no, I'm like, yes, come and sit with me, come snuggle for a minute. And then like, get your own Bible or get a book and they would kind of lay on the floor in front of me and, and read. So they just knew um, like, this is what we have to do because this is what mom is doing. And I think that really speaks volumes to your kids about what you prioritize and value because then they know like, this is important. And sometimes I'll say to them like, <laughs> Mommy needs this time with Jesus to not be like grumpy today <laughs> or totally. I will you know be like mom. <laughs> I'll be a better mommy if you let me be with Jesus for a few minutes. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, any like another one too is you know cuz I think sometimes as moms we try to we we always are looking for those systems and those things that are like the exact same every single day that can always be counted on and as you know motherhood's just not it's not really like that. Well, it's not for me anyways. It's a lot of days looking different than the day before and different than the day after. So I think though, the the biggest thing, like you reiterated is that you have the desire. If you have the desire, like you'll find a time, you'll find a way. So I would say like my best case ideal, Stephanie, it's like first thing in the morning, if that slips away, it's like, as soon as I get home from school drop off, if that slips away, it's like during afternoon quiet time. So I know there's like three different points in the day where I can pause if you know if I do um and then when you don't understanding that like there is grace for tomorrow you know and and sometimes I think it's the guilt like oh I haven't connected with God so I, I can't pray or I can't come back to him or I can't ask him for help because I didn't even have my quiet time this morning instead of just like I live by grace like I only live by grace and because of what Jesus has done like I can come back to God the next day and I can try again and we can connect. And one of the ways I try to remember it too is we've got busy seasons in our marriage too. And you know, with my husband, if, if we've kind of been missing each other or he's home from work and then I'm out somewhere that night, like I'm not like, Oh, I can't talk to him until we've like sat down and like had a date night. Like you find those little pockets where you're just like, Hey, I miss you. Like, how are you? You take those five minutes or those 10 minutes. So that's something that the Lord's really shown me too is, it's a relationship, right? So when you're in relationship with people that you love, we don't have as many boxes as we do for people as we do for God sometimes. So just looking for those times where you can connect that five minutes, you can just sit down and kind of like, okay, oh yeah, you're here. I'm here. <laughs> you know, we're good and connect and, yeah. you know, be in the word. So. Well, I love, I love that you shared uh, two really simple things. One was very practical, this idea that you already know in your mind, I have these, possibly these three windows in my day. If this one doesn't happen, no problem. If this one doesn't, and I think that's actually part of it is just saying like, I know I have windows that I can, I can kind of assign this window to say, this is a great window for me to connect with God. And if I've already done that earlier, this is a great window for me to clean my house or to connect with a kid or whatever the thing might be. But I've said, this is a priority. I want to do this. Um, and then I also like that you said, if like with the when the desire is there. And I think for some of us, we can feel like being exhausted as a mom, you can feel like that desire is not there. And so I think part of it is you can even be praying for that. Say, God, can you like fan that flame and and even build within me that desire um, that he will be faithful in that. So I really love that. Um, 
Yeah. I love that you're writing these bite-sized Bible studies. And what got you into writing your first study? Like, why did you have the desire to do that? Yeah, uh, I have been um, leading or gathering small groups since probably I was in high school. And and the reason I did it was because it was something I needed. Like I needed to have that community around the word. So for me, um, it's always been a priority. And after uh, my first was born, after Sophie was born, my mom asked me, my mom does women's ministry for our convention. And she said, oh, are you planning to go to back to work? Like, what are, what are you thinking? And I said, oh, like probably not. But I said, in, in a perfect world, here's what I could do. So she's like, tell me about this dream job. I said, in a perfect world, I could stay home raise my kids. And then like on the side, I could like write Bible studies to help people get into the word. So she's like, well, let's, let's try one and let's see what happens. So in her line of work, she said, I always meet women who for whatever reason can't be part of face-to-face small groups, whether it's like they travel or they've got young kids or schedules just don't align. And she said, so they're really missing out on that, um, getting to be in the word, like with other people. So in 2013, um, we wrote a, I wrote a study on James and then her and I did the videos together and, uh, we just like wrote a week of, I wrote a week of homework at a time, like emailed it out to people. We sent out a video we had, um, a couple hundred women like sign up kind of to do that. So that was really encouraging. And then we finished and it was like, okay, we're done. We did it. It, it, it went well. And then people started saying like, when's the next one? So we're like, oh, okay. I get, oh. You know, now every time I added a child, um, it took longer <laughs> to write right, the yeah. next one. So um, Ephesians was the next one that I wrote. And that one came out in January, 2016. So I always joke that I have to like be pregnant about to have a baby. Then yeah. I push out a Bible study and then I push out a child. <laughs> and then, yeah. So I jokingly said to my husband this summer, I was like, if I ever want to get the flourishing life then we just need to get pregnant and he's like well that's not happening and then I got pregnant like two weeks later and the flourishing life is finished now yeah yeah so that was kind of where that uh, desire came from and the reason in the last year we've shifted from having everything kind of over email as you know the digital world is just very noisy and crowded and I find people just interact I interact differently with something everything online is kind of like you skim it you know you you glance you kind of you, it's like going through a drive through And I find when I'm sitting with paper, I'm sitting with a workbook, it's just different. There's a different pause, you know, in my soul, there's a different attention I give it. And then there's just that physical reminder, like I walk by that book and it's sitting there and it's calling me. So last uh, December, I, I already had the manuscripts finished for James and Ephesians. And I, I went ahead and, and just printed them into workbooks. And I didn't know like if people would still be interested in them because a lot of people had that I know personally had done them when we did them online. Um, but when I would go and speak, you know, a lot of times on a conference weekend, women are like, Oh, I, I want to get back into the word or like, I want to connect with God. And a weekend like that, um, can be a spark. You know, and I say this in the flourishing life sparks can start fires, but they can't sustain them. So when they go home Monday morning, like they need something to help them connect with God. So that was kind of where the heart behind it came. For me, the word uh, has been something that's always really shaped my life, shaped my thinking, uh, changed how I've gone through like hard things in my life. And that's something I really desire for people to know is they can understand the word of God. They can know God and God can change like their everyday lives. So that's kind of where that burst from. That's awesome. Well, I love that. I love that you call them bite size because I think that's, that's where we're at in this. Like, you know, we can feel overwhelmed with the thought of, of studying, being into a Bible study, but you have these beautiful books that you're like, okay, I can take off one, chew off one bite at a time. And like you said, that idea of how do we 
get into the word, which then will begin to, like you said, change your thinking. Have you ever had the white chocolate brownie from Moxie's? Uh, Yes, I have. Okay, so that before I had to be gluten-free, that was like my favorite. And you know, it's like this gigantic thing and you get like three bites in and then you're like, oh my goodness, it's it's so sweet. And and then they have like the two bite one. And what I love about it is it's not a compromise of flavor. It's not a compromise of like richness. It's just volume. And what I found in the market right now, like when it comes to Bible study is there's a lot of like full size um, white chocolate brownies where you know, you're looking at like 45 to 60 minutes a day. And as a busy mom, sometimes you're like, that would be really nice. I just, I don't have that kind of time. I don't have those pockets in this season. And then there's like kind of like devotionals or like the verse of the day. So if you're kind of going like, I want more than that, but like, I just don't quite have the capacity, you know, to do a really in-depth kind of thing. I I just really wanted something that was kind of in the middle. Um, And something that, again, doesn't compromise like depth with God, like where you can like you bite off a chunk, chew on it all day, have that one idea and, and really converse with God. Cause that's, I think where a lot of the transformation comes from. And, but in, in a way that's not overwhelming in a way that's not like right. I have to finish this whole, you know, plate and it's just, it's a lot. So that's kind of, that was where bite size was inspired by a literal chocolate brownie. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love it. I love that you have this, um, your latest study, the flourishing life. You, um, talk about, sorry, you have, um, it broken down into each day. And I love how at the end of each day, um, it says, talk to God about it. And you have three different questions and you have he, me, and then we. So he, what has God, God revealed to you about himself? And then me, what has he revealed to you about yourself? And then we, what do you want to do about it through the power, um, through your life, through the power of his spirit? And, and there's room to process that. And so what inspired you to have that at the end of each day? Um, honestly, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm really good at like filling in my blanks and like getting my homework done when it comes to like pausing to pray, like that's something just cause my personality doesn't want to sit still very long all the time. So that's something that I've always like really struggled with. And sometimes like you can get to the end of like your homework quote unquote, and you can get it done and you've just done it to get it done. And you've not really sat with it and allowed it to really like marinate and like just settle in. So that really came, that was inspired by the Lord's prayer a couple of years ago. Cause if you look at the Lord's prayer, when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, he said, you know, you should pray like this, like our father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done. So that whole first part is about God. And I think sometimes in our prayer lives, like we come and we're like, here's what I need. Like we, we approach it a bit more like how our kids approach Santa Claus, you know, we're like, here's what I need. And not that God is not eager to hear our prayers and to answer them, but sometimes we just don't take that time to acknowledge who we're talking to, you know, to acknowledge like who he is, what his character is like, just to be grateful or to praise and then to invite and just say, like, would you come and increase in me or would you come and rule? And that's what kingdom means, right? Is the rule and reign of God. So I put that in there because as you're reading the word and as you're kind of digesting, okay, what's God revealing to you about himself? That's kind of where we start um, kind of with him. And then the next part, uh, when Jesus taught them to pray, he said, give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our sins and, and deliver us from the evil one. And sometimes we, um, it's particularly in the flourishing life, there's a lot of opportunity to look inside and see what you're actually bringing to the table. And so sometimes, you know, you have a look inside and you realize there's a lot of fear there. There's a lot of pride or there's a lot of 
stubbornness. And so you're asking God, okay, give me humility or forgive me for, you know, what I've been acting out of. And then, you know, deliver me from the evil one. I mean, because I mean, there's things we get entangled with and then sometimes there's pressure coming in, you know, kind of from the outside. And then that last part we is uh, from Luke. Um, when Jesus gave the other version of the Lord's prayer in Luke, uh, he ended with how much more will the father give the Holy spirit to those who ask. And I think sometimes we're like, okay, we praise God. And then we're like, okay, here's what I need. But then we forget there's this awesome invitation to go throughout your day in the spirit, keeping in step with the spirit, living beyond yourself, you know, through the spirit. So saying, okay, God, what do I want you to do in and through me by the power of your spirit? So that's kind of bringing the two together and then expressing your desire for what you want him to do. So I really challenge the group I'm going through with it now. I was like, don't skip over this part. Like you'll be so tempted to do it, but to take those extra, just couple of minutes and just sit with it and allow, you know, your spirit to interact with the spirit of God. So that's where that came from. Well, I feel like that's such a good practice, even beyond when someone has finished the study to be able to, like you talked about this idea of praying and it's very easy just to, um, have prayer, just be, about us, like, hey, God, here's what I need. Here's what's going on. Um, and I love that you just kind of broke that, yeah, broke that down and that idea of how do we walk in step with the Spirit all day long, seeing God in everything, seeing others and everything, and how He wants to really partner with us in that. I think is, you know, that's even key to, as you were sharing about, you know, God um, being in the Word, transforming your mind. And it, living in this place where so many of us can struggle with um, mental health. And I think sometimes some of it can come from us being so focused on ourselves. And so that actually gives us an opportunity to be be more others and God focused that is actually helps lift us up out of out of those dark places. So I love that um, really that encouragement to get get people into that. Um, I wanted to chat a little bit about like your life recently. I know you've actually been walking through, um, just you walked through a harder season recently with your mom. Um, and just how, how do you, I just want to talk about how you go to, go to God in those places of, um, uncertainty and really some of those storms of life. Yeah. Um, so in September, my mom was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer, um, of course, when you get the diagnosis, you don't know the prognosis, you don't know what stage. So there's a lot of waiting and there's a lot of seasons. And this was um, a bit further complicated by the fact that in August, we celebrated like 10 years of uh, my dad's heavenly birthday. So my dad was very unexpectedly diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease in 2008, and he passed away 15 months later. And at the time, I mean, it was just a blind side if we've ever had one in our family. He was healthy. He was active and then started experiencing weakness in one finger. And then just like all of a sudden we had this fatal diagnosis, didn't know what the disease was only that it was fatal at the time. The doctor said three to five years and then it ended up being less than a year and a half. So um, our family had walked through that um, just a decade ago. And then my, and we got this news from my mom. And I think if you've, if you've ever lost a parent, um, I think there's a very high temptation to want to really, cling to the one that you have left. And I think we all do that um, in times of uncertainty where we're just, we're trying to find something, you know, it's like when a river is, is kind of taking you, like you're just trying to grab onto anything you can grab onto, you know, just to, to try to anchor yourself a little bit. And when we got this news, I remember I was talking with one of my sisters and she said to me, um, she said, God wouldn't take both of them, would he? 
And I, I paused on that question and I said to her, I said, I really hope not. <laughs> and I said, I really hope not. I sure hope not. I'm going to pray, you know, to that end. But some of the places God's taken me in the last few years, I felt like really prepared me for this season. And um, the season when my dad was sick was a, a kind of the season that really propelled me deeper into the word. Before that, it had been a habit of mine. It had been a discipline. And that when my dad was sick, and my dad was like my rock, like he was just, he was everything. And so God really propelled me into a season of desperation. So the word was different. I mean, the word came alive to me in, in a, in a way that it ne- I hadn't before God met me like in the quiet of the morning in that season, like, like I hadn't experienced before. And, you know, Psalm 91, where he talks about like he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty. You know, I will say of the Lord, like he is my rock, my shield, like the one in whom I trust. And that there's like, there's protection to go through a storm. Like when we choose to, to be in the presence of God and choose to trust and so I really experienced that in the season with my dad. I'm um, just like really, I had no desire to run away from God because I knew the situation wasn't going away. I just was like, I don't, I don't have what this is going to take. I need you. So that season of desperation really laid a foundation for getting into the word like in a new way. Um, fast forward a few years, about five years ago, um, I just went through my own season of kind of just like feeling unwell and some symptoms that were scaring me a little because they were a little bit like what my dad had gone through. And I went through a season of being so afraid of God, like so afraid, like for four months, like did not want to open my Bible. Like, just like, oh no, what if God calls me to walk through this really hard thing? And I do not want to walk through it again. (laughs) And so over the the following few years, um, I felt like God was sort of like gently allowing these things in my life that were really scary to me and these possibilities that were really scary, particularly related to health and my health and my kids' health and my husband's well-being. Um, because he knew that the thing I was grabbing onto was as long as everyone's healthy and as long as we're never surprised. And if if you've ever like had a symptom that scared you and you've gone on Google, you know, like <laughs> never to do that. Because it's just, it's like... A, recipe for like worst case scenarios be afraid you're gonna die like that's what google will tell you every time um but i did that i did that for four months and i felt like the the spirit was like warning me in that season that first few months and was like okay this fear is about to become a stronghold you know in your life if 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 this is what you keep grabbing onto so god brought freedom in my life over a few years and just really very very slowly shifting my feet from being on like the rug of as long as blank, right? As long as this is this way, or as long as this never happens, like we're going to be okay to like, for this, I have Jesus. As long as like I have him, he will carry us through. If he brings us to it, he'll bring us through it. And that was not, I mean, I'm talking like the full four to five years of, of lots of times of being very afraid. And, and then God slowly shifting me. And I talk about that a lot in uh, video session three in the flourishing life about how, like nothing reveals the rocks in our lives, the things that we think we're standing firm on, like hard times. And and the mercy in hard times is that God's giving us an opportunity to move our feet from standing on these rugs that literally can be pulled out at any moment from under us to moving our feet to the solid rock. So when when we got the news about my mom, I remember like thinking like, 
okay, either I'm in like serious deep denial or this is what peace feels like, <laughs> you know? And I, I, people were like, I think it's peace. Like, you, you know, you know what's going on and stuff, but yeah, just like realizing like, okay, God, like you've, you've got this, you've got us, you're going to take care of us. Like whatever happens. Yes. We'll pray. Yes. We'll ask. Yes. We'll hope. Yes. We'll believe. Yes. We'll do all those things. But ultimately our faith is in a person, right? It's in Jesus Christ. So that, um, that faith, I think is something that made thriving in this season of a lot of waiting, possible and we're still waiting we're still waiting on her radiation schedule but she has uh, been cleared from the surgery and, and got good news after that so we're really grateful uh, for that but there's I mean life is full of those seasons you know of those unknowns and those seasons of waiting so that's what I guess what thriving come from well, it's come from trusting yeah I love what you just shared there in that um you were basically saying and I think a lot of people can relate to this as long as this doesn't happen, we're good, right? Like as long as, and almost trying to hold on to that control, keep everybody safe, and for very good reason. Um, and I think we can really get stuck in that place. And I often have felt like for me, when I'm holding on to that control, um, I'm also holding on to fear and to anxiety. And so um, I, lo I love that you shared there's that process of, yeah, process of learning to um, trust God, which was the thing that was able to give you that sense of peace now. And and that you shared it's a process. It wasn't like one day you were like, and, and I'm good. Uh, but you walked through that process. And it's, and I love that you were able to un unpack that more even in this study, because it's not like the hard things stop coming in life. Right. So you've just been walking through this other hard season, but yet you were able to do it in a place of peace through trust. I think that is that's key, I think, in, in um, being able to flourish. Right. right? Yeah. I um, back uh, this last beginning of 2019. My daughter had some. Um, it looked like little bruises on her arms. We didn't know what they were. So we went to the doctor and the doctor was like, it's nothing. But, you know, as a mom, you're like, oh, no, what if, what if, what if? And. She, I remember the doctor looked at me and she said, oh, I, I'm not concerned. She said, but if you want peace of mind, I can send you for some blood work. And I remember in that moment, I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, where do you get peace? You know, the doctor was telling me like, if you want peace, I can get you a result that will give you peace. And I felt like what God was saying in that moment was like, that's not where peace comes from. Like peace comes from, from trust. And that question just lingered with me for about a week after. I'm just thinking, like, do I need results? Like, is that where peace comes from? Because in my experience over the last four years, like, you get one good result, and then you're waiting on another one. And then you get another one, and then you're waiting on another one. There's always something in, like, if you've got kids, you've got people in your lives, you've got grandparents who are getting older, and you've got parents. Like, I mean, there's always a possibility. And there's always going to be another season of waiting and if we're always waiting for peace until we're like out of the tunnel, we spend most of our lives waiting and, and waiting in a place of anxiety and fear. Yes. Yeah. And I've just like, I've, I've just spent, I've spent enough time there to know, like, I don't want to go there. And it was funny because my, you know, when we found out about my mom, a couple of my sisters were like, Oh, I was on Google. And I was like, I was not like, I wasn't because I know I can see that coming from a distance. I can see that fear and anxiety being like, 
you just type those words in and like, we're going to, you know, we're going to get you and we're going to put all these things in your mind and just to go like, okay, God, what is true? You know, and, and yes, God can do whatever he wants. Um, and sometimes that's scary to us, but at the end of the day, you know, do I believe not just that God is faithful, not just that he's trustworthy. Like, do I believe that God is kind, you know, because if I don't think God is kind, I'm going to, I'm going to interpret these circumstances very, very differently than if I trust that he's kind and that he's good, because then even the hardest things that he allows in my life, even the seasons of waiting, even the uncertainties and the unknowns, there is good there and there's purpose there. And, but if I don't trust the character of God, I'm going to have a really hard time processing the circumstances that he allows, you know, in my life. So when I think what you just said is very key in that, um, what is our view of God and who he is? And I think that does actually begin to shape, I think for much of my life, um, though I grew up knowing God, having a relationship with God, loving God, I really, I realized a number of years ago, I just didn't trust him. And so I needed to be in control and keep everybody safe. And in that same way, like I shared earlier, that same way of holding on to control, I actually wasn't in a place to receive his peace. And so, uh, you know, trust, trust, I do think gets built up over time, but it is also those being able to let go of false beliefs. Like you said, that idea of like, do we believe God is kind? Do we believe God is good? And you shared er earlier on in our conversation about um, being in the word. And I think sometimes we have our idea or our belief of who God is just from other people, right? Like, so whether it's conversations with friends or whatever else, and until we are in the word ourselves, we will not have that true view of who God is. So I love that you, you've created this space and this invitation for women to, um, to really dive into the word. So I love that. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, on that note, um, in the flourishing life, the first week we talk, there's a, there's a reflection question, like, what do you think God is like? And in brackets, and we all have the right answer. We've got the pat answer, right? Like, well, he's faithful and he's good and he's loving. Yes. But what do you really think God is like? And then in brackets, I have like, what were your parents? Like, what, what has authority been like in your life? Because what, well, a lot of times we don't realize is that our perception of God is very, very, very related to our perception of our parents. And, you know, while a lot of us are like, yeah, my parents love me, right? They have to, cause they're my parents. And like, they're proud of me cause they should be, cause they're my parents. You know, I think there's always this question in our hearts. It's just like, yeah, but are you, are you pleased? Like, are you happy that I'm yours? And so there's a verse that we really meditate on in that first week. I think it's Psalm 145, three, where it says the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love and going like, okay, do I really believe that? And what do I actually, what do I think? Because when I raise to the surface, you know what, actually, if I'm being really honest, I think when I mess up, God is really disappointed in me. Or when I'm not, you know, measuring up to my idea of what perfection should be, I think he's just like, really? Again, Stephanie, like, come on, like, get it together. Like, if, if I think that's what God is like, that really changes my willingness to trust him. You know, and when, if you think about it, like, think about in your friendships, like when you're feeling like a hot mess, there's probably one or two people that you're like, if I go to this person, there's not going to be condemnation. There's not going to be judgment. Like there's going to be compassion. And then there's some other people that you probably know I'm not actually going to go to that person until I'm a bit more like together and like ready to rock because, you know, some people just naturally have that. And some people 
don't, and when I'm feeling broken and weak and tired and in tears, like I'm going to my friends that are like gracious and compassionate, like slow to anger, abounding in love. So I think it's so important, you know, when we get into the word to go, okay, this is who God says. And then how does that actually challenge what I think he's like? Cause we actually, whether we realize it or not, we have opinions mm-hmm. about that. And that influences our willingness to trust him. Yeah. Well, I love too what you shared um, earlier on as just being again, super practical is that you just said, Hey, I'm not going to Google. I'm not going to. And some, some of those things, like we just think, oh, it's, it's not a big deal. It's just this. But really, in some ways, some of those actions we take, um, we're, not, we're not helping ourselves by guarding our heart and our mind. Um, and they can also be actions we're trying to do to take back control. And so it definitely shows, you know, even just that how you have grown in that to say, hey, I'm, I'm trusting in God. I'm trusting that even if, right? Like he's, um, I'm trusting that he's kind and that he is good. And so I think those are things that really can only happen as we spend time with him. And Stephanie, I'd love to know, um, what does, like, what does this idea of the flourishing life look like for you and for women? Like, what is that? You've, you've named this study, the flourishing life. What does that look like? Yeah. Uh, so if you, I do Google definitions, so less things I do Google, just not symptoms, but the definition, if you Google flourish, it says, uh, to grow or develop in a healthy or vigorous way. And then it says comma, especially as the result of being in a particularly favorable environment. And, you know, so you think about that, if I'm spiritually growing and developing in a really healthy and vigorous way, what does, what does that look like? Um, and I think there's, there's two words, uh, two, two phrases, I guess, that I have on the back of the Flourish bookmark, and it says deep roots and much fruit. And I think from Ephesians 3.17, where Paul prays, and he says, I pray that you would be deeply rooted and grounded in the love of Christ, like that you may be filled with all the fullness of God, that that is the first part of flourishing. And if we want to be deeply rooted in the love of Christ, we have to make room for those roots. So that's really the whole flourishing life is going through and going, okay, what's in the path-like places in my heart? what's in the rocky places, what's in the thorny places, and how does God need to cultivate those to make room for me to be deeply rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. And I think as women, we're really, really tempted to often go for wits. Like we want to do more, we want to learn more, we want to read more. Those are all really good things. But what happens is we end up staying on the surface with all of those things because we're trying to reach so wide. We're trying to, to spread ourselves so thin, we're missing out on that depth. So that's kind of the first part of that is to be deeply rooted. So as we are making room in these areas of our hearts that uh, we're making room really to receive truth and to be transformed. And then, uh, so deep roots is the first part and then much fruit. And uh, John 15, 8, Jesus says, um, it is to my father's glory that you produce much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And that is supposed to be the mark of Christians, right? Is like, we have these lives that have prolific fruit, not just like, a tiny grape. I mean, just like fruit of the spirit in abundance. And in the last week of the flourishing life, I talk about how, um, fruit isn't just for celebration. It's not just so we can be like, woohoo, look at all the fruit in my life. Fruit is also for reproduction. Fruit contains seed. So one of the things that I say in the flourishing life is that the spiritual fruit in your life contains the seed for somebody else's life. And I think one of the things that can move us out of flourishing and keep us in survival mode, uh, for a long time, is when our lives are about keeping ourselves like fine and good and taking care of ourselves instead of going, there is life in pouring out into other people. Like there is life in letting God use me exactly where I'm at. Exactly. You know, there's life in giving away 
what he's done in me. So I tell this story about my husband who's um, I, reluctant, we'll put it that way, when it comes to, he's not like, people are always like, oh, Stephanie, you're so bold. And I'm like, well, I, I wasn't before the spirit kind of got a hold of me. But my husband's more like, I'm just going to like do this thing slow and all this. So I tell the story where um, I said to him one Christmas, like, honey, would you consider the possibility of maybe inviting some of your coworkers to our Christmas service? And God had been doing some things in his life at the time. And he's like, okay, I'll like, I'll think about it. Like he wasn't even, you know, like, okay. Yeah. He was like, mm, we'll see. So I was at a Bible study. I come home and he's like, he like runs to the door and he's not the running type. He's like chilling more, that kind of type. And he runs to the door and he meets me and he's holding, he's holding up his phone and he's like, read this text. And it's from a coworker and him and his wife had recently miscarried. And um, in the, in, so they're texting back and forth and my husband's like sharing some encouragement. And then his coworker, these were his exact words. Would it be too much if I invited myself to come to church with you this Sunday? Oh. And I could tell, like, my husband's just like, oh my goodness, like, I didn't even, like, I, I didn't even, like, do the thing. And I just said to him, like, honey, God just wants, like, your willingness. And I think, like, as women, if we can really grasp that, like, God just wants our willingness. Like, he has the capacity. He's given us the spirit. He's given us the word. If we are simply willing, then he's saying, you, I want you to bear fruit in your life. I want you to thrive. But that thriving is also going to produce life in other people. You know, when you think about that, you know, everyone's always talking about like, oh, I want to, I want to help people. Like I want my life to have purpose. So does God. <laughs> he wants your life to impact other people's lives. Like he wants you to get to heaven and for people to go like, it was because of her testimony. It was because of what she said about Jesus. It was because of what I watched God do in her life that I am standing here, that I began to consider what it might look like to believe in him or to follow him. So flourishing is not just like for our own benefit. When I think of the flourishing life and I think of, um, by the way, the study is on the parable of the sower. I forgot to mention that, <laughs> but you know, at the end that it says like that the seed is sown and it produces like 30, 16, a hundred times what was sown, like what God sows into our lives is supposed to multiply. And when you read scripture, you'll see like be fruitful and multiply. It's like all throughout scripture. And as people of God with the spirit now and with the gospel and with the word of God, he's saying, yeah, be fruitful and then go and pour it out, go and multiply it. Like have people into your home when it's messy, like <laughs> let people into your life while you're still in progress and just tell them about what I've done for you. So that's really my heart for the study is for, to help people move from this place of being really informed. Like, okay, I know I'm supposed to read the Bible. I know I'm supposed to like tell people of Jesus. I'm supposed to share the gospel to, I can't help but share about what he has, what he has done in my life and what I've seen him do uh, because he's really transformed me. So that's kind of the key word for the study is transformation. So that's kind of how I would in a very large nutshell define the flourishing well, life. Yeah. Well, Stephanie, I hope that people go back, you know, maybe two minutes and re-listen to that again, because I think what you just said there is so key, this idea that, um, as our lives are transformed, it's not, it's not just, I think about the woman at the well, that she connected with Jesus and then she could not help but be transformed and run and tell others. And I think that's, that's so much of this fruit and this seed. So, um, you summed that up so beautifully. And so for people who are interested in either in connecting more with you, having you 
come speak or even um, just purchasing the Flourishing Life, which I know has has online video series. It's very easy and accessible for women to get together and watch these videos online, um, which I love. So how can people contact you and purchase the Flourishing Life? My website is everydaytruth.ca. Um everydaytruth.ca. And then there's a few links. So one is uh, like, there's a one for bite-sized Bible study. So you can sign up. If you sign up on the Flourishing Life page, it'll trigger like a weekly email. So when you sign up, you'll get like video one and then a week later, you'll get video two. Um, And then on the shop page, you can order a copy of the workbook um, that is there. I really challenge people. I say like, it's good to do Bible study by yourself. It's better to do it with people, you know? So like grab a couple girlfriends, go through it together. I mean, do it imperfectly. I had some like moms who were like, yeah, like we want to do this, but like homework's really overwhelming. I was like, then do it in 10 weeks instead of five, like do, do like one week in two weeks, like do whatever you need to do, but just get into the word and do it together. Um, there is, I, um, the nice thing is it's flexible. Like you can pick it up anytime. Like, and one of the things I love about the online stuff Um, you know, sometimes there's those gap weeks between, you know, like fall and new year, like the Christmas time or there's summer, there's those few weeks when like your group's not meeting or whatever. So those are good times also to fill in, but obviously doing it with a small group is, is really good. But everydaytruth.ca is the website. Instagram is everydaytruth.ca is my handle. And then Facebook is actually, it's called get into the word. So any of those three places you can find me online. That's so great. Well, thank you for being with us, Stephanie. And I'm sure you've helped women move one step closer to thriving. So thank you. Thanks so much for listening today. I really am so encouraged knowing how many of you are being encouraged by this message. And if you have found it helpful, would you mind just sharing it with a friend, leaving five stars or even a review wherever you listen to podcasts, podcasts, keeping it super professional. Um, if you want to connect more with me, head over to Instagram where I'm at Jacqueline.Widener, or if you want some free resources, head over to my website at JacquelineWidener.com. This has been an Extend Network production.